Hello. Before we start today's episode, if you would like a condensed version of what I'm talking about in this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to The Perfectionist Guide. You can read the entire thing in three minutes or less. To access this, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash newsletter. Are you a bit of a perfectionist, type A, hyper performer? Then you know that having the audacity to see an ideal and bring it into reality while breaking generational habits of hustle can be tough, but it doesn't have to be. If you are ready to burn bright instead of burning out, to lead without losing yourself, and to enjoy the life you have worked so hard to create, then keep listening. I'm your host, America's leader on rewiring perfectionism, CLG, and this is Perfectionism Rewired, the podcast. Welcome to Perfectionism Rewired, episode 47. We are talking about celeb vibes and is your story serving you? Like thinking better on purpose. This episode in particular is where my past career as a public relations executive and professional storyteller comes in clutch. Every person that does a consult with me, whether or not we decide it's a fit, 100% have said, wow, I never saw myself that way before. I have this superpower of looking at the same facts that are holding you back or the reasons why you can't X or why this is difficult. What I do is my superpower is that I'm able to show you how these circumstances actually make you really fucking powerful. When you can literally look at the concrete facts in your life and you're able to completely have them take on a different meaning. I have a proprietary process that I take all of my one-on-one coaching clients through that involves visualizations and all this other cool shit. So they are able to quantum leap into their true authentic self in an embodied way that they really believe. When you just allow your celeb vibes, which is your version of the real you, and you give yourself full permission to show up as you are, life gets easy and so fun. In the beginning, what I asked myself is, what if I just gave myself full permission to just show up as I am? Like I work with larger than life celebrities as a coach. Yes, I have celebrity clients. And in my prior career as a PR professional, I worked with LeBron James, Gloria Steinem, DJ, aka Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, James Cameron, The Smith Family. And a question that I have been thinking about is why are we attracted to celebrities, to famous people, to people that are notable in their field? Because they are unapologetically themselves. They are in harmony with their humanness. And Having the realization that the people that I feel most connected to and that I cheer for and learn from, they are doing the best they can with being their actual authentic self, their true selves. That is available to me and you too. What happens when we remove the heavy artillery is that we are available for connection and so much space in our brain and in our body and in our nervous system is freed up. And like, you can actually focus on being of service. What I mean by that is like, you can actually focus on being a really great partner or being an awesome parent or just like being kick-ass in your life. You can focus on figuring stuff out. You can think about 
How am I providing value? Instead of worrying about all the ways you're probably doing it wrong or like, oh my God, like what are they thinking about me? Bullshit thoughts, by the way, like just garbage thinking right there. I'm not calling you trashy. I'm not calling anyone trashy, but I'm just saying like those thoughts, they do not serve you. Celebrities allow themselves to be a vessel for the divine. Like they are an instrument of increase for others. And a question people have is who the hell do they think they are? That is such a good question because it's like they think that they are a goddamn superstar. They think, oh yeah, try on how it feels to be this fucking fabulous. That's the hell they think they are. And guess what? Because they think that about themselves, we do too. (laughs) Think about someone who's famous. It doesn't need to be a Kardashian. It could be Nobel Prize winner Kendrick Lamar. I'm talking about people that are notable, like Elon Musk. Like, they are big. They are expansive. They're like, here's who I am. Take it or leave it. They have this energy that lives on top of a foundation of self-belief, self-trust, and thoughts of like, yeah, people want this. When Beyonce drops a new album or when her Netflix special around Homecoming came out, her assumption is my people are going to fucking love this. She's not thinking, oh, I performed this a year ago. Like, who cares? It's just a concert replay. Like, it's fucking Coachella. And I'm not there now. Like, who cares? No. She's like, Homecoming? This is a motherfucking movement. She's like, yeah, it's coming out a year later because that's how much I fucking care about what I do. She's like, I release it whenever the fuck I please. I saw Homecoming. I went online and I bought merch. I want to support this movement. I am part of this. I have the live album. It's still something that I watch when I need a pick-me-up of some sort. I'm like, yeah, give me a shot of Homecoming right now. Let's put that in my system. Did Beyonce graduate from high school? I don't know. And also, who the fuck cares? She's not going around thinking about all the things that she doesn't have or why people might not take her seriously. She's not thinking that. Celebrities, famous people, stars, notable, they give themselves permission to be imperfect. They just take up energetic space. They are unapologetically themselves. There is no positioning or posturing or pretense of perfection. Beyonce's husband cheated on her, and she released Lemonade, and she was able, and they are both able, to still talk about it without shaming him, without shaming herself, and it's like, this is a woman who has done her work, and I just remember seeing this when the album, like, first came out and hearing her talk about it, and I just thought, like, she has allowed herself to expand into her greatness on a level that we don't often see, same thing with Charlize Theron. Her father was a massive abuser, an alcoholic, and she has talked about how she's not ashamed to discuss the moment that her mom shot and killed her dad in self-defense. She doesn't go around carrying that and think like, oh my God, like what are people going to think about me or like have it in the back of her mind? I bet most of you don't even necessarily know that about her because she she doesn't have those vibes. Like we all have experiences in our lives and what we forget sometimes, what our brain, that punch drunk toddler, what it forgets is that we get to decide what these experiences that we've had in our life, what they mean how they define us, and how much weight we want to give them for this episode. Instead of hypotheticals, I am using my own real-life examples because I want you to see that everything is truly optional. 
These are two ways to look at the facts that happened in my life. As you hear my story, think about yourself. Like, is your story serving you? I was born into abuse, neglect, and torture. My primary caregiver is the scientific definition of evil. By the time I was five, it was ingrained in me that I was naughty and bad, and that is why I deserved all the punishments that I was getting. By the time I was eight, my body was no longer my own. I would have to strip naked and have my appearance picked apart. I had to be the best. I had to perform. There was no room for um, heirs or being a kid and being a human. And if I ever deferred from how I was supposed to please perform and perfect— there would be severe punishments and a lot of other horrific stuff. By the time I was 12 years old, I was uh, severely depressed. And when I had started to be abused sexually, I knew that it was not okay. But I also just thought that was the price that I had to pay for one of the adults in my life to be nice to me and to take an interest in me. When I told my primary abuser about this, they said that I was lying and they punished me some more. I had so much shame around what was happening, I didn't tell anyone. I bottled it up inside. To cope, I controlled my food, like what I ate, and I did everything to escape my reality and to try not to be at home where all the abuse was happening. I did all the activities, horseback riding, karate, pottery, every single sport, every single language, anything, gate, safety patrol, altar server, origami, summer school, literally anything that you could think of doing, I did just so I didn't have to be at home. I was taught to trust no one and that the person in your life that is supposed to be your caretaker, they do everything in their power to hurt you and to let you know every day how you are just disgusting and why they really wish that you weren't here. Now, when I talk about that, like I feel heavy, stuck, And like, yeah, why even try? I was dealt a fucking shit hand. Like, man, I have enough to sit in therapy for 500 years. I I should just get a standing O for getting out of bed and putting on underwear. Now, here's another way to look at it. I was born into a circus. I knew from an early age that something was off. I was living with bears, but I was not a bear. So I developed this incredible imagination that I could escape to. I didn't have anyone who looked out for me or loved me without wanting something in return or that my parents like paid. So I learned how to do everything myself. I taught myself how to read and I escaped to books and TV and movies when I was allowed to watch it to learn how to be a human and how people acted in the world. I was always eager to make friends and stay away from home. So I joined every club and I took every class so that I could stay safe. I learned so much and I got to get to know so many different kinds of people. I became an adult at age eight and I always dreamed of being a grown-up. And I started to play an instrument so I could spend even more time away from home. And music became the way that I could articulate how I was feeling. The love that I wasn't getting from home, I got that from babysitting. And I was able to take care of other children. I had prime examples of this is exactly who I don't want to be. Because I was on so many antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications in my teens, I learned early on 
the power of the mind because my mind was too strong for the highest dosage. Like I've learned that I am a survivor and that I'm an overcomer. Like most people, they literally can't survive when I went through. They usually end up dead either. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. But also, like I've been doing this work, personal growth and self-development and mindset I've been doing this work on myself for my entire life. Like I rode my bike and I took the public bus at age 10 to go to the library to check out books on self-improvement and biology and biographies. And I was always asking why. I first got certified as a coach back in 2011. I did that for funsies and I didn't tell anyone because I still carried so much shame. I love what I do. And I am serving my soul's purpose of helping humans expand into their real selves. And for me to show up and be a luminous leader who asks what if and then does it. I didn't choose what happened to me, but I do have a choice in what I make it mean. And I decide that it means that I lived with the devil. I've been on the front lines of evil and I've looked at the worst of humanity and I have triumphed. Because of this, I am more spiritually attuned. When you have experienced evil, it opens up space within you, you can shed more of a light to the divine. Like reciprocity is real, my friends. I am a divine being of light and I have survived by a saving grace. And I am here to help other humans. My purpose is bigger than me. And these healing hands or mind, whatever we want to say, they're meant to help others and to let others plug into my power. I encourage you to ruthlessly find the best angle for yourself and for your life that fuels you, that empowers you. If it's saying any version of it's not working, I don't have enough time, nothing, or anything that doesn't feel good, and use your body as a litmus test, like how does this feel when I think this? Stop living above your head and actually start to be embodied. That is how you know. The discernment is on you. Nowhere in the example that I gave you with a snippet from my life did I say that what happened wasn't real. I took my power back over it. What I see with all of my one-on-one coaching clients is that they have these stories and they're not serving them. Even if it's true, it's fucking holding you back. Why are you thinking that? Like, you can think whatever the fuck you want to think about yourself. Choose thoughts that empower you and be ruthless. Be ruthless. This is where my fire comes from, about finding the angle that fuels you. And you believe in it. If you want to tap into your celeb vibes and you want to make it so all the stories in your life are serving you. If you're nodding your head yes, listen closely because I might have the solution you've been searching for. My Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator, a six-week, highly individualized, one-on-one -on -one coaching experience designed exclusively for perfectionists like you. Your perfectionism is actually your greatest asset and leveraging it 
can be hard work or take years of guesswork. That's why in Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator, I give you my key frameworks to taking charge of your Ferrari drive, proven to work even for the most type A, high-strung, stubborn perfectionists. In the first 30 days, you will cut your burnout in half, increase your professional fulfillment by at least 150%, and your self-compassion will go up at least 250%, and that is just your first 30 days. So if you want to say yourself years of trial and error, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash accelerator today. Or if you want to take the easy way, just click the link in the show notes to check out the Perfectionism Rewired Accelerator.